Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will laugh with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Grassroots movements are the lifeblood of progress in our society. They are born from the collective voice of individuals who are passionate about a cause, determined to challenge the status quo, and committed to making a difference. These movements originate from the very core of our society, from the ground up, and have the ability to bring about transformative change. What makes grassroots movements so powerful is their organic nature. They emerge organically when individuals recognize a need for change and decide to take action. They may start with just a handful of people, but through their dedication, perseverance, and unwavering belief in their cause, they have the potential to inspire and mobilize others, creating a ripple effect that spreads far and wide. These movements give voice to those who may feel marginalized or unheard within the existing power structures. They empower individuals to come together, share their experiences, and collectively demand justice and change. Grassroots movements are built on the principle of diversity and collaboration, as we recognize that coming together is the only way we win. Throughout history, grassroots movements have played a pivotal role in shaping our world. They have led to the abolition of slavery, the fight for civil rights, and most recently, the fight for medical freedom. They have challenged oppressive systems, sparked cultural revolutions, and given birth to visionary leaders who have transformed society. But grassroots movements are not confined to history books. They continue to thrive in our modern world. They remind us all that we have the power to make a difference, that our collective actions can shape a better future for generations to come. You're listening to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Before we get started today, I do want to encourage our listeners, if you have questions or comments, or perhaps you want to share your own experiences with what you're seeing on the front lines of healthcare, you can now submit those to us by sending them directly to nurses at americaoutloud.com. We will be featuring your questions and comments every Monday on a special Q&A episode with the nurses. We encourage all of you to engage in the battle and find your voice in this fight. But until you're able to do that, we will continue to be that voice for you. In 2015, visionary Tramel Thompson united his passion for progress and justice to give birth to progressive action, a dynamic force that transcends the traditional boundaries of the labor and community movements. More than just a labor movement, progressive action has become the resounding voice of a collective, advocating for change and betterment on multiple fronts. At the heart of progressive action's mission is the belief that true progress extends beyond the workplace to the very fabric of communities. The organization has evolved in a, multi, a multifaceted entity, engaging in a diverse array of initiatives that touch the lives of individuals across various platforms. From organizing toy drives and coat drives into spearheading voting initiatives and establishing food pantries, progressive action stands as a testament to the transformative power of collective action. Tramel, thank you so much for joining me today. 
Thanks for having me, Kimberly. I'm, I'm so honored to be here to conversate with you and your audience. Absolutely. To be here. Absolutely. Thank you. You know, and so we met almost, I guess it's been almost two years ago now um, at Defeat the Mandates in Washington, D.C. That's where we first met, is it not? Yes. I feel like that's correct. And we've had the opportunity to run into each other now on several occasions since then. It's always such a great pleasure to see you. Absolutely. But I'm excited to have you here. I was excited when I met you and started to hear about all of the amazing things that you're doing. You're up there in New York City. And yes. you started this organization, um, Progressive Action. So this predates the current fight that we're in, um, which is kind of what united all of us together in, in D.C., but uh, your organization, you started in 2015. What was it that inspired you to start Progressive Action? Well, I became a transit worker, conductor by trade in 2013. And anyone who is in New York City believes that transit workers get a lot of money. We have the best union in the city, possibly the United States. And um, I was under that belief when I first joined. Uh, within three months of me actually being a transit worker, I said, this is a lie. <laughs> you know, and um, the things that, the way they described the job, I didn't see it in existence. Um, I actually seen the opposite. I seen a union that was not engaged in a membership. I seen a, a um, a workforce who didn't have no hope. They didn't have no fight. Um, I, I've seen um, management who's very oppressive, who preys on their own employees. And it, it was kind of like strange to me that the transit authority would spend thousands of dollars to train someone and then spend the next 25 years attempting to fire them for yeah. the most minute infractions. So, um, after observing for a year, I said, you know, I need to do something about this. And I was sitting in um, in my college class and I was like, I need to think of a name that would grab people's attention. Um, progressive action automatically came to my mind. And then once I launched that, I created a, uh, or came up with the name, I created a Facebook group, a TV page, and then um, channels on multiple social media platforms and just started spreading what I believe was, what was true labor um, in my sector and people gravitated towards it. Now, that's amazing that and people were gravitating towards what you were doing. And it, and it takes, what we've learned is it takes really just one to break away and, and stand up and say, you know what, this isn't right. This is, this is wrong and we need to, to make change. And sometimes it, it only takes that one person and the rest will follow. Um, but have you experienced any pushback from your employer or from maybe from the, the unions? Oh, I, I mean, absolutely. Um, I haven't discussed this. Matter of fact, this may have been the first time that I've discussed this publicly. But uh, back in February, I was attacked by my union in which they uh, broke my leg in two places and multiple oh fractures and things of that nature, um, you know, as a way to try to um, I guess, shut me up. And the transit authority was actually in compliance with this attack by the way that they handled it because they know that I'm a whistleblower and they just did nothing uh, to try to protect me on the job knowing that I was under attack by the union. 
Yeah, and that doesn't surprise me. We had a, a very brief conversation um, before we started the show today, and you know, I um, have my my thoughts about unions. I used to be more pro union, and I know I, I split with a lot of my friends. I'm from Massachusetts, which is a very heavily union pro union state, right? Um, but I, I have my opinions on uh, the the tactics that unions use, uh, like the one you're describing right now. Um, where it's a, a lot of, um, you know, bullying and just uh, thug-like tactics where they're attacking people who just may have, a, a, you know, part ways with them. If you're not 100% on board and compliant with what they're doing, regardless if it's right, wrong, or indifferent, you are seen as a threat and you are, they try to dispose of you. Yes. So for me, I'm not anti-union. I'm anti-corruption. And what, I, what I've noticed, not only in government, but when it comes to labor unions, everybody wants to be corrupt in peace. Like the corruption is blatant now, but they don't want you to talk about it. They don't want you to go against them. They don't want you to question them. They don't want you to challenge them. They just want to be corrupt and just be like, hey, look, take it as it is or X, Y, and Z will happen to you. Or, you know, we will feed you the management. We will physically harm you. You know, they like to send messages like that. Mm -hmm. But what they like more when it comes to labor is silence, right? Just like any other type of, a, of abuser. If you have a man who abuses his wife, who physically abuses his wife, he's just as powerful as her silence. The minute that she decides to speak up or get help, she diminishes his power because it's no longer their little dirty secret. It's the same thing when you're dealing in government. It's the same thing when you're dealing in unions. These oppressors, these bullies, um, they thrive off of our silence. And yes. when you choose silence, you choose the side of your oppressor, your bully, or whatever the case is. And just people just need to get the courage to start speaking up because that's where the fight back starts. Exactly. And now you said you're not you're not anti-union, but do you feel like and I wasn't either, but do you feel like you're more pro the idea of union or what unions should represent versus what they maybe actually do represent? I, I don't think that there is a non-corrupt faction of any union. I, like I'm really at that point where I don't believe that there's any um that aren't completely corrupted. I like the idea of what they supposedly stand for, but I don't feel like that's that's what we have in action today. The, 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 like, the theory of a, having a union is great, right? Because you, I believe in collective power, collective bargaining. If yes. you look at any movement, even outside of the labor movement, nothing got done unless, they, unless there, was, there was some type of collective power, some Absolutely. type of collective organization, right? So there's no difference in labor, right? So that the theory of a union is great. It's just that in today's time, um, labor has sided with government. So when you look at um, a lot of the jobs, um, a lot of the work, a lot of the, the, the these agencies, these city agencies, these governmental agencies, we look at what happened during COVID, right? A lot of people lost their jobs because the unions bowed down and didn't um, exercise the power of their labor, right? Um, yeah. If we were to stick together, no matter what your occupation is, there's power and collective bargaining um, 
And and when when you have these union leaders who unilaterally make these decisions for everyone, it hurts everybody. So when you look at what happened with the teachers and uh, the UFT president laying down um, for what, what we, I would consider his true bosses, which is the uh, the government, um, he didn't have to do that. Yeah. So he could have exercised his power the same thing in, in transit, the same thing in, in NYPD, FDNY, if the workers were to stick together, they could have beat back, you know, a lot of these demands. Oh, I absolutely agree with you. And I've been saying from the beginning of all of this, listen, the power lies with the people. It always has. There is strength in numbers. And we have had the numbers to right this ship from the very beginning. But it's it's unfortunate. Just too many people lack the courage to speak up. But, you know, silence is compliance that we can say at 100% certainty. And, you know, they have, there's that quote um, about neutrality, you know, what we must always take sides. Neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. Right. So, I mean, there's no there's no winning in, in remaining silent. It only encourages the tormentor, never the tormented. Um, so you have to take sides. You can't just, you know, stay on the fence and try to play it safe. You have got to take sides in this fight and, and understand that the, the power of the collective is there and there is strength in numbers. And we, we must also look at the other side of people who refuse to get involved until something personally happens to them. So yeah. they can see the 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 group being affected and then they say hey that's them that's not me and yep. then as soon as something happens to them they want the group to help them out um I, I i personally believe that society has become very selfish um they try to separate themselves um and 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 not especially like in these union jobs i don't understand how people can take a union job and not get involved with the politics of the union People say, oh, I don't like to get involved with policy, politics. When you look at every aspect of your life, every aspect of your life is controlled by some type of politics, whether it's yeah. whether it's 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 buying a house, the mortgage rates, whether it's um, the, your fees for going to see the doctor, whether it's school, no matter what it is, politics control every part of your life. And I think that people use that excuse simply because they don't understand the politics. I think that's true. Yeah, I think that's true. And people don't realize, you know, and if you don't take an interest in politics, politics will take an interest in you. Right. But I think a lot of people are focused on what's happening in Washington when what they really should be focused on is what is happening at the local level. Too many people ignore their local politics. They can't tell you who their um, their representatives are, who their who their mayors or aldermen or, you know, um, a representation in their ward. They don't even know what ward they live in. So that is where you're going to affect the most change. It isn't in Washington. By the time they get up to Washington, too late. It's too late. You have got to get these people uh, in check at the local level and you have to hold them accountable at the local level because too many don't and they're left um they're left unchecked they they do you know whatever the hell they want um and then by the time you're paying attention it's they're already in washington and they are um doing so much damage that it's it's oftentimes um irreparable that's correct but it goes back to the education people don't know what a council member do, what an assembly yeah. member do. Yeah. They don't know what, what, what it was the responsibilities of a district leader. 
and, and that lack of education, um, people who have agendas rely on that lack of education so they can take advantage of the constituents. Absolutely. And that's what that's a lot of what I do in my local community and in my county is we provide uh, a lot of education to people, you know, and what I notice when I work campaigns, I do work campaigns at the local level. I'm, I'm in uh, Sumner County in Tennessee. I do work a lot of campaigns at the local level. And what I what we realized when we were at the polls and we started talking, we actually were talking to voters um, about, you know, when they would come out and, you know, do you know what ward you live in? They don't. You know, do you know who your representatives are? Do you even know what they do at this level? And they, most of the people did not know. They just didn't have that basic education. So what we would do, we would tell people, we would try to give them that education. And we were very upfront, you know, we would tell them, um, you know, these are the candidates that we support. If you know, if your values don't align with them, we would even tell them who to vote for. Um, if they were on the completely opposite side of the spectrum, you know, and we're not there to to sway them one way or the other. But we do believe in an informed electorate. So whichever way you want to vote, just make sure that your vote is an informed one. So I think it's important that we get together, you know, those of us who are educated and, and do understand how the process works, that we get together and we educate and inform our communities. That's so important. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And um, to take it a step further, when you look at these, uh, these parties, Republican Party, Democratic Party, people, as far as them being informed, they be informed as to uh, what the group does. So yeah. if your neighbor votes, votes Democrat and you, and, and, you know, they go by these, the, the old Democrat, like the Democratic Party of today is not the Democratic Party of oh, the no. civil rights era. Correct. Um, and I, and I believe the Republican Party of, of, uh, that time is not the same as, as this time, right? So yeah. these, these parties change, you know, they don't remain the same. Um, and people need to pay attention to exactly what's going on because, like as you mentioned, um, by the time we get to Washington, it's too late. These things start brewing on the yeah. local level first. Yeah. And um, we just got to do more paying attention, more education, and holding people accountable. I, I think that's very important. It really isn't like you mentioned, people don't get involved until it directly affects them, until it's in their backyard, and then they will start paying attention and understand the need to to get involved. And it, it's I mean, I can't stress this enough to people that it, it's not and it's not even just about being educated and understanding. You also have to step up, right? Step up and and run for office. Run yeah, for I mean, office. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it takes someone with courage to do that because I know mm -hmm. a lot of people who have the courage to, you know, step up and run for office and, and things. I mean, that can run for office and possibly mm -hmm. win, but it takes a special individual to get involved with that. And, and people got to get the ideology, put this in their head. You have to be the change that you want to see. If, you, if you're complaining about your government, if you're complaining about your leadership, then guess what? Be what they are not. Right. You go out there and do the things that you believe they should be doing. You galvanize your community. You get them involved and you create your own following and then you take them up. Yeah, and it's going to take, you know, I really think that there's so much division right now. Um, in the last decade, it's, it's really, it's really, there's been a light shine on just how much division there is between the, the left and the right. And and to me, I, I just feel like 
we have to we have to stop this the left and the right thing it isn't a left or right issue it's an up or down issue in my opinion i don't think it has anything to do with the left or anything to do with the right i think it is uh you know the the upper uh echelon if you will uh, versus the the rest of us like the working class um individuals uh, you know and even the upper middle class they aren't immune to uh, to any of this either, but I don't think I think we all agree on more than we probably are told and led to believe. Um, but I think we have to get out of this ideology and, and start just I, I personally don't like to be put in a box. I don't like labels like a Republican or Democrat or I, I just I don't I am more conservative in my values, but you know, I have more middle of the road views as well. And um, but I don't like to be put in a box, you know, and I don't like when people tell me that I can't, um, you know, I can't agree with, say, Bobby Kennedy's views or some of Donald Trump's views. Why not? Well, this is what happens when people choose a political party. Me personally, I don't choose a party. I'm independent, right? Yeah. When people choose a party, whether it's Democrat, whether it's Republican, no matter what it is. Um, every party has some good aspects to it. There's nothing sure. wrong with that. The problem becomes when those bad things um, come to the surface, people tend to defend those bad things because they are part of a particular um, party, right? And I think that's what's wrong with politics today. Like some, you could be a Republican and there will be something that's bad that the Republicans is trying to do and the person, the individual would know that it's bad, but just because they are a Republican, they feel like that they have to defend it because they are a part of that party. And this happens in all aspects of um, politics. Uh, and that's why I believe that, you know, people should think about independence and, and, and not being a part of the part of a party because not everything that the Democrats do is right. Not everything that the Republicans do is wrong. Why can't we why can't we come to a middle ground? Why can't we be free thinkers instead of choosing a side? You know, because I don't look at the Democrats and the Republicans no different than the Bloods and the Crips. You yeah. know, uh they, they both have funded wars. Um uh they 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 both is is big pharma, you know, and, and the Bloods and Crips is just little organizations compared to what the United States politics truly is that's how i look at it you know what i've often compared it to in my mind at least i don't know if you're a wrestling fan but i grew up being a fan of the uh, wwf that's how old i am it wasn't wwe then it was wwf <laughs> that's how old i am right <laughs> but i was a fan you know i loved uh, you know the, the hulk hogan and you know macho man and all of that but i can remember being about i don't know 10 years old maybe nine or ten when i realized that it was all fake that it was all scripted because I thought that crap was real, right? <laughs> I thought it was real. And so I can remember, and I was like, you know, it kind of reminds me of that, Tramel. I'm like, are they like just all playing us for fools? Is it all just scripted political theater? 
you know, from the Democrats, the Republicans, all of it? Is it all just scripted theater and we are all just being uh, played for fools? They're dividing us. It's, you know, that divide and conquer mentality. And, and I really feel like people need to come together. Because I will tell you, it's been it's been very interesting. And I voted. Um, I have I grew up in Massachusetts. I have definitely voted Democrat. Um, I have lived in Tennessee for twenty years. I would say that the Democratic Party has gone uh, too far off the spectrum of reality. Um, so I, I cannot. I do not resonate with the party any any longer at all. Um, but I, I have more conservative values now. <laughs> Where, well, where do we go from here when, you know, we have the left going so far left and the right going so far right? And those of us in the middle are just looking at each other like, how do we stop this? How do we move forward? And what was interesting to me is that, you know, over the last decade, as I mentioned earlier, there's been so much division left, right, left, right, left, right. And when I came into this fight for medical freedom, I stood shoulder to shoulder with more liberals and more Democrats than conservatives, which was different for me. You know, because usually we're on completely opposite ends of the spectrum, but I saw us coming together in the name of medical freedom. And I mean, it, honestly, if we can't come together surrounding medical freedom, because if we don't have bodily autonomy, really, what do we have? What else is there? What else matters? Yeah, so so to answer part of your question, like what, what do we do, right? There was a scene in, the movie White Men Can't Jump with um, Wesley Snipes. He played Sidney Dean and Woody Harrison. He played um, Billy Hoyer. Yeah, I love and that. They had hustled a guy in the park. And this guy had kind of like figured it out. Like, wait, y'all know each other? Mm -hmm. Y'all mean that y'all y'all set me up? Y'all hustled me? So he pulled out a razor and said, I'm going to cut both of y'all. Um, <laughs> I think that people... That's the point that we should be at. Like, look, the Republicans are lying to us. They're not telling us the truth. The Democrats is lying, not telling us the truth. We need to form something new yeah. and hold both of them accountable because they both playing a game with our lives. Right. So um, mm -hmm. I just think that people just need to have more independent thinking. Get out of the, the, the two party system yeah. way of thinking. Stop choosing a side. Find out a way how we can work together as Americans, because that's what we truly are, Americans. It shouldn't be about, oh, I'm Democrat, Republican, like Libertarian, or this and that. Don't matter what you are. I hate all these different terms. I'm a socialist. I'm, this person is this. This person is that. None of that matters. It's all about right or wrong, no matter what you label yourself as. It's about right or wrong. And I think that that's what people are getting away from, the right and the wrong. Exactly. They will they will just, you know, go along with whatever the narrative is, whether it's right, wrong or indifferent. They just they will go with whatever party they align with. And that's why I don't align with any party. You know, I'm just I'm not a puppet to any p political party or any person or any individual. That's kind of the reason I, I know I said earlier that everybody should run for office, but it's, I absolutely refuse to run for office. <laughs> Because I would have no friends whatsoever. Um, I'm a, I, I would hang a jury all day long because if it's something that I believe in, I will stand for it no matter. Um, I don't care what you think of me. If, you know, right is right, wrong is wrong. I can come together and work and, and meet in the middle, certainly. But when something like 
what, what we're seeing with the mandates when something's so blatantly wrong and unconstitutional. Um, how do you not stand against that? I just don't understand, you know, how more people didn't come together. And I can understand that people were frightened they were going to lose their jobs. You know, I, I, I was put in that position. Many of us are put in that position. Um, but had we just all stood up collectively, like you alluded to in the beginning, we would not be here today. This would have been shut down almost immediately. People got away from the facts of what is really happening. Right. So how you how can you ignore the science? The science was the science. Yeah. Right. And and the government, the the Democrats quiet on it, the Republicans quiet on it. And from there, like how can you really trust any party when they both were ignoring the science? Exactly. I mean, we were just talking about, you know, data. Just clear. The data was clear from the very beginning, or the lack of safety data was was what what you know. I didn't come into the fight anti-vax. I mean, I'm leaving that way. I am absolutely leaving that way um, because COVID really peeled my eyes wide open. But you know, we were standing on things like, hey, we just don't have the safety data. You know, informed consent. It wasn't there. It never existed. So you know, if more people had just you know agreed with that and said we can't force people to inject themselves with this experimental product, we, you know, we, we never would have gotten this far. But we're going to go ahead and go to break and we'll be back to talk about so much more uh, with Tramel Thompson. America Out Loud Talk Radio plays on the iHeartRadio network. You can also listen on our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best in-class apps available on Apple, Android, or Alexa 24-7. Great talk radio. All of our shows go to podcast the following day. You can hear them on apps such as Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart Podcast, and many more. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show on Apple Podcasts for me. Don't forget to check out our online store at americaoutloud.shop where you can find all of the products that we represent on our network at a discounted rate, including ASEA Redox, which I can personally speak to seeing fantastic results with, including better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. Use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your purchase. I'll catch you on the other side of this break. Stay with us. It's time and This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced. These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body, and now they found the solution. 
the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Out loud. America Out Loud. News is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Wherever you're listening from today and whatever you're doing, I thank you for giving me the gift of your time. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.news your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. If you're just joining us, I've been talking with the founder of Progressive Action, Tramel Thompson. Tramel, thanks so much for being here with me today. No problem. My, my pleasure. Absolutely. So we've been having a really great conversation and we've been talking about all sorts of things um, before we went on to break about um, just, you know, the the two party system in this country, how clearly it's not working um, and how we really need to unite as Americans and stop putting uh, ourselves in boxes like the Republicans, or the Democrats and just being independent, free thinkers and, you know, with our own set of, like, I have my own set of values. You know, I, I tend to vote with the party that more closely aligns with those values. But I think that we've got to, we've got to find a way to come together and meet in the middle because right now the, the polarization, the division is just too much and we're not going to survive much longer going like this. Would you agree? I, I, I agree with that. And, um, you know, one of the things that made me popular in this space was when the mandates did come down in New York City. I believe that it should be the individual choice, their family, the doctor, not the government, right? Yeah. We've seen the government make the choices and provide ultimatums to people. If you don't do this, then this is going to happen to you. And was basically taking people's livelihoods away. And the people who just wanted the choice, they were labeled as being anti-vaxxers. Yeah. Um, and at that time, I took the vaccine. 
I felt that, you know, it was the best choice for me. And when I looked at the science or whatever the case was, um, <laughs> it's crazy how I rationalized it. I said, look, I eat all their bad food. Yeah. I drink all it. I do all the bad stuff. Um, this vaccine is not going to kill me. But at the end of the day, that was my personal decision. Right. I get that. Um, when I had organized the rally in Albany, New York, brought out like five, 6,000 people. And I felt that that was the opportunity to stand with the people who wanted to be make a choice, right? So I, I um, tore up my vaccination card in front of all those people yeah. to say, hey, look, if y'all can't go to certain restaurants, establishments, because you, you're you deciding to make a choice that's best for yourself, I stand with you guys. And um, I think that the point was very important because the media was calling people anti-vaxxers. And not everybody there was anti-vax. We was right. anti-forcing us to get something that we do not want to get. And, you know, that's the true story of it. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, th I think that's so important because, listen, like I said, I, I didn't come in anti-vax. I will be leaving that way, uh, as I mentioned, because I've actually done the research now. And what people don't realize is that even nurses and doctors, the education that we get on vaccines the only education that we get on vaccines is safe, effective, and necessary. That's all. That's all the education that we get. And we are just so conditioned to believe uh, that this is the only way. And, you know, there's actually no evidence that um, any vaccine has reduced mortality of any disease. That's we have clean water systems to thank for that. So, but it, it's that's not the narrative. That's not the narrative that has gone gone on for decades. And when we started looking back, and I started looking at evidence of um, you know health outcomes for vaccinated versus unvaccinated children, um, that was the evidence is very compelling. If you only take the time to take a look at it, it's very compelling. Um, so that's something I've been processing for, for quite some time. I mean, I've received all of, you know, my childhood vaccines and my, my son had received all of his and, um, but I, I really have come to the conclusion that we are all vaccine injured on some level. But in the beginning, you know, for me, it was, you know, we just don't have the safety data. I was all for choice. I wasn't interested in getting it. But you know what, Tramel, I would have fought just as hard in that, in the beginning, I would have fought just as hard for somebody who wanted it that they would have access to get that if that were their choice. But the problem is, as a nurse, is that I have to stand for informed consent, and informed consent never existed with these vaccines. And if people don't have all of the information, then they really don't have a choice. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that another, another thing that people may have overlooked um, during the time, are you familiar with clinicaltrials.gov? Yes. Right, so... And clinicaltrials.gov, for those who don't know, those are all the therapeutic medicines and treatments that is approved by the government or going through the trial phase by the government and they're keeping you updated on the phases where they at and the, um, the efficacy of whatever they are promoting over there, right? So the goalposts moved numerous times when it came to the vaccine. When the vaccine was first um, distributed, it was marketed as on clinicaltrials.gov that it will prevent COVID-19. That was one of the reasons I got it. Yeah. As the months progressed, it went from you won't get as sick to the end goal where you won't die. Right. So <laughs> they didn't, they wasn't even sure as to what um the vaccine actually did. Right. Now I got vaccinated 
um, I got sick first. That was before um, I got the vaccination. Even while I was vaccinated, I had got COVID. Yeah. And um, and at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm not getting no boosters. I'm not getting nothing else. I got the first shot. And, and you know, that that's it. I'm not doing anymore, yeah. especially once I seen they kept um, moving the goalpost. Well, here's what they did. You know, they're very funny and they're very deceptive with their wording because they would say that the vaccine prevents COVID-19. Well, COVID-19 is not the infection, right? The infection is SARS-CoV-2. That is the infection. COVID-19 is the manifestation of symptoms. So when they're saying, oh, it'll prevent, it's not saying that it will prevent transmission of the virus, SARS-CoV-2, it was supposedly saying that it would um, prevent COVID-19, which is a manifestation of symptoms, which it didn't even do that. So that's what's so funny about it, is it didn't even prevent the manifestation of symptoms. But that's the type of trickery uh, that they do. They're very deceptive in their terms because your average person would not know that. And actually, a lot of medical professionals didn't realize that COVID-19 was the manifestation of symptoms and not the infection itself. It, the society, I not believe in that everybody has, uh, I won't say everybody has equal, how do they say that we have equal opportunity? And we, as Americans, like in this country, right, we all have opportunities. Um, we we have to be able to move forward, but you're, you're right. Like in certain communities and certain areas, um, we become a product of our environment. I grew up in a very, uh, you know, kind of poor working class environment. And it, I spent my entire life trying to get out of it, but I didn't have any any help. I had to do it all myself, um, and I'm proud of that. I'm proud that I've been able to kind of pull myself up and and not be a statistic. You know, I was a, a very young uh, single mother. I was a mother at 17. I was a high school dropout. Um, you know, I had I came from a broken home, and uh, most of my friends, you know, all they they were. Um, they were parents by like eight. I was a parent at 17. They were a parent at like 13, 14. So, you know, it was, um, you know, my, I, I didn't let my circumstances dictate my future though. Um, that was, that was smart. Yeah. That, that was, that was smart. And, um, you know, a lot of people do let their circumstance, circumstances dictate their future. And, yeah. you know, it could be, it could be, um, very difficult to get out of that. That's that's what I'm saying. Like when I'm from Bed Stuy, Brooklyn, um, mm -hmm. originally, and a lot of my friends in jail, dead, like people that I grew up with, and you know they become um, part of their environment. Like if yeah. they was a part of that. Like I didn't honestly open up my eyes that the world was bigger than Bed Stuy, Brooklyn, until I went to Beverly Hills, as um, about 19 years old and was seeing people houses that the doors to get into their gates, mm -hmm. um, the doors to get into their gates was higher than the apartment building that I lived in. And yeah. I used to be like, wow. So the world is bigger than what I'm actually seeing when I'm standing on the corner on Gates and Stuyvesant and Bed Stuy. And, um, it opened up my eyes. Like there's a bigger world out there than, than what I'm seeing. And, you know, that's what opened up my eyes to start traveling and, and start thinking about um, wealth, start thinking about everything that my community did not offer me, things that I did not see in school or hear about in school. Um, traveling helped me out with that. And, and every time I traveled to a new place, 
I like it better than New York for some reason because it seems like New York is New York definitely is not the place that it used to be. You know, growing up these past two decades, it changed tremendously. But um, in in order for me to get a more better perspective on life, I had to step out of my comfort zones yes. and get into these different fights. Um, children health defense. Um, getting involved with, with transportation throughout the country, um, fighting for different things, learning different cultures, and doing a lot of listening. You know, I, I think that people do not do a lot of listening nowadays. Everyone has an opinion. You know, social media, everyone has something to say. We see it every single day. But as, as a community, as citizens, as Americans, we don't do enough listening to each other um, to figure out what's going on because I believe that we have more in common than we do not. And if we listen to one another, we will get a better understanding that, hey, you are my brother, you are my sister. Absolutely. I could not agree with you more there. Um, and that's what we need to do more of. We need to start talking to each other, having conversations. And, you know, we're, we're not very tolerant on either side. We're not very tolerant. People are not listening. They're just, they're, or they're talking um, in, without the intention of really understanding and truly finding common ground. And we really need to do better about that. We absolutely yeah, do. Exactly. And, and when you, to bring it back to the labor movement, um, we all have common ground. We we want we want better wages, we want better health care, we want better work rules. Um, and those three things, those three commonalities that we could all come together with, but the the labor workforce is not engaged like that anymore. And and and, and to be involved with a union and just think of yourself as an individual, it undermines the purpose of a union. Right. And that's that's exactly what we've been we've been dealing with. We don't even have to deal with a union on the job when you're in your community. That's a union. When, if you're on a basketball team, that's a union. Yeah. Right. So people look at um, what happened. Let's take Colin Kaepernick, for example. He got railroaded because he kneeled during the national anthem for whatever reason. Now, I know a lot of athletes that agree with Colin Kaepernick. But they won't dare go out there and do what they did and do what he did or stand with them because they think in as individuals. But as soon as something happens to one of them, they will want people to fight with them and stand with them. Yeah. So we must, no matter what the, the issue may be, right? And, and what it seems like to me in government, a lot of the people with bad intentions are always finding a way to work together, are always finding a way to come together. And the people with good intentions seem to be always at odds with each other. Why is it that the people who have bad intentions always find a way to stick together to harness their power? And that's, that's so true because in the, they are so well organized. Um, I, we see that all the time. You know, everybody is so well organized. But I, I think what you're saying with the union, and I agree with you that, you know, that, again, there are power in numbers, but the, the actual union movement i i just i can't get behind it any longer because i think it has been completely overtaken and uh, corrupted like much of our political parties have been overtaken and corrupted um 
But I think that coming together as a people, as Americans and as brothers and sisters, we need to come together because there is that power in numbers, but it doesn't necessarily have to be, listen, I am tired. Like I, I've been, I've never been a union nurse. I've never been a part of a union at all. Um, but I'm tired of, of begging for change, right? For, and, there have been things that have been plaguing our industry, our healthcare industry for decades, right? Safe staffing, all of that, decades. And we've been begging for change and that change is never coming. And I'm tired and I'm not begging and I'm not asking anymore. I'm just stepping away. I'm stepping outside of this broken and oppressive system and we're forging our own path forward with what we're doing, you know, with remnant nursing, with Nurse Freedom Network. We are saying, you know, this isn't okay anymore. And I think that this needs to happen across all facets of society, education, financial, like the teachers, the teachers need to break away um, because what's happening in these uh, school systems, it's so disturbing. It's a lot of indoctrination that's occurring and, and grooming in my opinion. And these children are not safe. If it, I thank God every day that I don't have young children in this system because I would be homeschooling 100%. And I was not one of those parents that would have had the patience to do that, but I would have had to have figured it out. But I think that these teachers and these parents, they need to come together and they need to uh, break away and start their own co-ops pull your resources, get your children out of these indoctrination camps and actually educate them, teach them how to read, how to write, you know, the golden rule, be kind to everybody. Um, there, there's the things that are happening, they're disturbing. So when you talk about the indoctrination, are you talking about like that they got like drag story hours? Yes, yeah, like the gender affirming uh, care and all of that, like I don't, I do, no, that, that does not belong in our schools. That does not belong in our schools. I agree. Yeah. Um, what 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 would just happen? What, what what went wrong with just teaching kids about education? Yeah. Instead of you know teaching them, you know these kids is not even at the age to even think about doing those things, and they introducing it to them. Um, yeah. You know, even like working in the subways. Um, there's before this whole agenda started taking place. There was advertisement, like sexual advertisement in the subways mm -hmm. where kids go yeah. um, and, and can read. And, and, and if they can't read, they could just look and observe to see what's going on. This has been going on for a while. And, and this agenda, um, I don't know what the actual agenda is. But one thing I could say is that it don't belong in our schools. Yeah. And I think it's so it's gone so far um, beyond like I, I just feel like, you know, parents need to get their children out. I don't think it's like the same with healthcare, right? I think healthcare it's completely broken. It's unsustainable and unfixable. And I feel the same way about the education system. And it's really going to be up to us to stop demanding change and just walk away. Let these systems burn themselves to the ground, walk away and let's start something, build up something alongside of it that is really going to focus on like on healthcare, like true patient-centered care or like get back to the roots of education like bring it back to like i love little house on the prairie bring it back to little house on the prairie with those one room schoolhouses you know um and and get those teachers those good teachers who have been suffering under uh you know under the fist of these label uh labor unions and uh, have them teaching these children you know again reading writing arithmetic and the golden rule be kind to everyone be compassionate um and just and let's start teaching life skills because i'll tell you what they don't teach these kids any life skills none i i i bet you know and, and 
I mean, I wish they teach the kids about taxes. Yes, exactly. It's useful, right? I would have I wish they taught me about taxes. Right, like they didn't teach us about like balancing a checkbook and taxes or any anything that we'd actually have to do in life. They taught us a bunch of useless crap. So, and literally everything that I needed to learn, I probably learned by like third grade. You know, reading, writing, and arithmetic. You know, that's it. So whatever else they taught me um, moving forward, you know, it's it just I, I did a lot of reading and a lot of, um, you know, educating myself. And I think that that is important as well, uh, that you break away from whatever's going on in these schools. But but I think that, it, it, again, it's just it's coming together and having um, the power. Now, I'm, I'm going to ask you this, Tramel, because we've got just a few minutes left. Now, remember when we were in Austin, Texas, and we were recording for the documentary? Yes. Um, for for Mickey Willis's documentary, and you you did that um, with that thing with your fist, and I loved it. I loved it. Can you can you recap that for my listeners? Yes. So um, I try to focus on the 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 five freedoms, mm-hmm. right? And um, the five freedoms: freedom of press, freedom of speech, um, the right to assemble, um, uh, media. I will forget what the fifth one is, but I always mix it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the 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 five the five the five freedoms. I believe that if we come to that, um, if we come back to those those five things, what America is built off of, um, I think that we will be a better nation. When 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 um you take that away, in which we have seen, right? Um, the the freedom of press, uh. Not 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 having the freedom of speech, people were, were getting silenced, and we've seen it in abundance during COVID, right? We're seeing it now um, between Israel and and Palestine. We see it with Ukraine and Russia. When you take away the American freedoms, the true American freedoms, you will have anarchy. You will have distrust of the government when you can't question them. You know when you can't assemble. When you decide to assemble your people, you know, they selling, they send in the New York military, I mean, not the New York military, the United States military, which is the police department. Some of these police departments are um, militarized. Some of them have tanks. They have huge guns and things of that nature. Um, When you take that away, um, you're going to see what happened January 6th. I don't agree with what happened January 6th, of course. But you will start seeing situations like that, um, which you've seen happen during George Floyd, when 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 they not listening and they want to silence us and they want to put us under rule. You will have situations like that. Um, and to avoid those situations, just give us back our freedoms. And if the people really understand our true freedoms and our true rights in this country, we will be able to fight back on a lot of these um, governmental systems. Amen. You know, Shabbat, we, may, we may not agree on everything, but you know what? We agree on that, and we agree on the fact that we want to be uh, free Americans, and we can come together. And again, there is more; we have more in common uh, than than we differ on. Well, that's 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 what we want to focus on. Like, there's yeah. there's you know, when people say, "I don't like when people say, oh, I don't agree with you on everything." I right, you don't you don't have to agree with me on everything. Yeah. You don't agree with everything that your parents you you agree with everything that your parents did for you growing up. You agree with mm-hmm. everything that your spouse or your, your your husband, your wife, whatever you may have. Yeah. Do you agree with everything with them? Like that's that's natural. Don't you don't have to tell me we don't agree on everything. 
that's yep. natural. Exactly. That's just you're right. On the things, you're, you're right. On the things that we agree on. You're 100% right, because I mean, there's not any single person and definitely not uh, with my my late husband. Uh, did we agree on anything? <laughs> and we, we probably disagreed on more than we agreed on. Um, and definitely true for my parents as well. So but you know, if you're if you're going along to get along, you know, that's a problem. You, you gotta you gotta have your own your own uh, sets of beliefs and values. And and just again, respect other people's views. It's not that hard. Yeah, and, and and true leaders, true true leaders don't mind being um, challenged. Yes, like that's that's what make true leaders who they are, right? They they yeah. they don't mind being challenged. They don't mind having a discussion. They don't mind having a debate, right? We we don't we don't mind that. The no, exactly. Running from it, you have to worry about them. Right. Yeah. You, 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 you have to, um, there's nothing wrong with questioning your leadership or potential leadership. Real leaders don't shy away from that. We, in fact, I love being challenged. Oh, same. I love it because you know what? I welcome it. If I'm wrong and I very well may be, if I'm wrong, let me see it from a different perspective. If I'm wrong, educate me, inform me. Don't, you know, don't just uh, tell me about how wrong I am or, but you know, give me another perspective and I'm very open-minded. So I, I always like to hear at the end of the day, we may not agree and that's okay, but at least we have been able to come together and have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and like I said, we, we, we get back to the five freedoms. Yep. Right. We, we will be good. You know, freedom of speech, press, the right to assemble, the right to petition mm -hmm. and religion. You know, mm -hmm. um, once we get back to that and we respect one another, we have love for one another and we focus on the positives instead of instead of the negatives. Trust me. Trust me. We will see change immediately. And it all begins with respect, having respect for one another. And once we get back to that respect, love knowing our rights, um, le our leaders don't mind being challenged, America would change overnight. <laughs> it would change overnight, but, you know, we got to fight through all of this stuff. We got to get in the weeds and, and get dirty sometime, and I'm with that too, and I know you with that also, Kimberly. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Tramel Thompson, thank you so much for being here today and for this incredibly and insightful conversation. I appreciate you. We'll have to have you back. No problem. Anytime. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton, and you can find me here every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. Until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. Tune in tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern as I hand off the baton to Nurse Michelle. We are in a war for truth. We are putting out a bounty on the real misinformation and exposing the purveyors of propaganda. No topic is off limits as we shine our lights and expose the darkness. It's time